Today's episode is brought to you by Slay House Publishing, recorded at Wayne Howard Studios. Hey, welcome everybody to Slay House Presents. Uh, we're here for a little bit of a bonus episode. If you listen to our previous episode with Jeremy, you know that going into 2023, Jeremy is stepping back from the podcast a little bit. And uh, he's not gone forever. He's just kind of stepping back to focus on some of what Slayhouse is doing in, in terms of their major projects. And so joining me as my new co-host for Slayhouse Presents is Caitlin Williamson. So I want to welcome you, Caitlin, to the podcast booth, and I want to welcome you, our audience, uh, as we uh, bring Caitlin on the show. Hi, I'm so excited to be here. I can hear in your voice that you're excited to be here. <laughs> I've kind of been a bystander for a year now and seen the process, and so I'm really excited to to step in and be a part of this adventure. I know. I'm excited for you to be a part of this adventure, too, because, you know, you've seen me doing this for, like you say, for, the for all, all, well, a little more than a year, really. Um, and you've, you've been on a couple of episodes just kind of in the background, sitting, listening in. Um, you were there for a couple of the interviews that we did. And... Uh, now it's it's kind of time for you to step up into this role. So why don't you share with us just a little bit about you, who you are, so we can kind of start to get to know you a little bit. Well, my background with reading, um, I've been reading my entire life, as far back as I can remember. Um, uh, my mother was a big reader, and so I kind of had her um, kind of as a role model for that. Um, she was always reading. <laughs> So um, I think she kind of pushed that on me. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, I remember um, that's how I got my love for romance novels, because that's all that she ever read um, was romance. And I remember sneaking them when she didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I can totally envision you like under the covers. <laughs> <laughs> yes. just under the covers with like a little a little like book light or something like that with with a romance book. I I can totally envision that. Yes. Yeah. Um, I did that. Flashlight under the covers for I, a long I was, time. I was the same way with, with my mother. Um, I mean, my parents were always giving me books, right? So I never had to like sneak books. But the problem was, was that I wanted to read it like inappropriate times. So my mother would like put me to bed. And I would steal a book and I'd be in the hallway underneath the the nightlight in the hallway and I'd be reading there. My mother would come out and she'd be like, what are you doing? (laughs) And I was always like, how did you even know I was here? Uh, But I guess when you're a kid, you think you're a lot stealthier than you actually are. Luckily, I had a nightlight in my room. See, mine was in the hallway when I was growing up. Yeah. But yeah, um, always been reading. so when I was old enough, my mother, you know, started buying me chapter books and my obsession just grew from there. Um, I've always been reading above my reading level. Um, it got to a certain point in school where I was wanting to check out books from the library that were above my reading level. And my mother had to write notes to the librarian. Um, yes, my daughter can read this. Um, it always aggravated me. I think what 
<laughs> what I love about that story is like, what librarian is sitting around like, no, we're gatekeepers of books, <laughs> gatekeepers of reading. You know, like, uh, what what kind of librarian has ever done that? What pissed me off was that this particular author, I owned practically every one of her books. Which author was this? Um, I hope I'm pronouncing her name right. Um, Lurleen McDaniel. Okay. Um, she was a YA author that I, like I said, I had practically all of her books um, as a teenager. This was like the early 2000s. Um, and I just so happened to come across her book in, you know, a little podunk Lincoln high school library. And I think I was in ninth grade, eighth or ninth grade. And it was, I think, a 10th grade reading level book. Mm-hmm. I'm like... No, I wanted to check it out. <laughs> and they could play like one grade level. Yeah, and they wouldn't let me check it out until oh, my mother man. wrote a note saying that I could read it. That's outrageous. Um, yeah, I was like, this is bullshit. <laughs> so yeah, I came to school the next day and was what kind. A, what a scathing indictment! Of I, came, the American I came to school the next system. day and I like slammed it down on the desk in front of her. I'm like, give me the damn book. <laughs> 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 I told you I'd come back with a note. Give me the book. <laughs> that's, um, that's so great. And I was I was that annoying kid in school that that read way more than her peers. I remember in sixth grade, um, we had uh, this thing in my English class. Uh, sixth grade was about the time that we started rotating between classes. We didn't just have one homeroom. Sure. So my English class, um, she had this thing where everybody's name was written on a popsicle stick, and it was put in a cup. And she would draw your name every, like, three or four weeks. That's mm-hmm. about that's about how long it took to rotate right. between everybody. And you, when your name was drawn, you had to stand in front of the class and talk about a book that you had read. Mm-hmm. And, of course, m- most everybody else in the class, they hated that. And they really, it took them about four weeks to get through a book, mm. if that, mm. if they had even finished a book. Yeah. And me, <laughs> being the book <laughs> nerd that I was, I had probably gone through four or five books. <laughs> right. Between that, the time in that four week time, in that yeah. four week time. and yeah. I remember this particular time that I had gone through about four books, and yeah. my teacher had to shut me up because I was standing there trying to get through all four of the books, and she's just like, "Okay, Caleb, we don't have time for this. <laughs> like, I, I just need you to get up here and tell me about one book." And, and my classmates are just like, "Would you please shut up?" <laughs> Well, what's great is now you're on a podcast where you can talk about all of those, you know, four or five books that you've been reading. Yeah. You know, that was one of our goals for the show was uh, to talk about some of the stuff we read because we read very different stuff, you and I. Uh, you know, I, I tend to to lean more heavily on speculative fiction, which includes horror, science fiction, fantasy. You have a, a tiny little bit of fantasy overlap. But for the most part, you read, uh, you know, kind of some different stuff. So, you know, what is some of the stuff that you really connect with? What's some of the stuff that you really love? Well, obviously smut. (laughs) 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 That's number one. (laughs) As as our listeners will learn, that's I'm unapologetic about it. It's smut. I mean, I'm not. I'm. I'm not going to be embarrassed or ashamed. But I think there's a like. I, I so I haven't. I haven't read a lot of smutty stuff. Uh, the the first book of like real uh, what I would call real smut that I've started reading is um, 
Uh, mistakes, mis- yeah, mistakes were made. made. Mistakes yep. were made. Yeah, which is, uh, you know, yes, there is a lot of sex in that book, um, but I also kind of feel like, you know, it has a it has a place in in books and yeah. stories, and it, if you connect with it, then why not? You know, what's wrong with it? Well, I can't say that I connect with reverse harems. <laughs> <laughs> I've never had one. <laughs> I, I mean, I would love to have one. <laughs> this is news to me. <laughs> Trevor, can you learn to share me with four other men? <laughs> probably not. I'm not that kind of guy. <laughs> no, but so smut is probably top of the list. Um, I wouldn't say I connect with it, but it's just it's what I enjoy. I think sure. it, it. Like I said, romance was the first thing that I ever connected to. Yeah. Um. And then I would say it's probably uh, fantasy yeah. and adventure. We have we have some of that overlap that that we we've kind of encountered, and we've actually encountered kind of through um, a, a bit of mutual exploration of what we both are interested in. Um, I, I think a considerable overlap of of some stories. You know, one of the first things that we're going to discuss on the show. Um, in your first full episode is uh, Tender is the Flesh. But are we considering that fantasy? Uh, I, I mean, it's I think it's just horror. It's, you know, dystopian horror. Um, I, it, you could probably call it speculative fiction, I think. Mm. Um, that That's probably what I... I would probably call it speculative fiction, but uh, definitely horror, different, definitely um, uh, uh, kind of a dystopian vibe there. Um, we, we've also connected over, uh, Goddess of Filth by V. Castro. Um, mm-hmm. you know, another book that I think is, is, uh, more speculative fiction. It's definitely horror in, in genre, but, um, there are some other elements that, you know, kind of don't quite fit neatly into horror. And you've got a lot of literature that I think, um, you know, kind of runs all over the place. You know, you've got some Neil Gaiman, um, Rachel Harrison, you know, a lot of, um, I think, overlap for the two of us. Mm-hmm. So who are some of your favorite authors? Um, well, outside of my my typical smut authors, um, my first real, like, fiction romance you know, kind of mystery thriller was Nora Roberts. Oh yeah, of course. She was she was one of the the big authors for me that I first fell in love with. And she's also a multi genre writer. I mean, yeah. I know a lot of the stuff she does is romance, but she also has a little bit of fantasy, a little bit of science fiction, some yeah. speculative stuff. Yeah, she's got a new fantasy out. Yeah, that that's I need right. to read. That yeah, I, that I've had on my shelf. The for a Yearling bit. or something like that. Yeah, I think it's a dragon. Right. Dragon yeah. fantasy. But yeah. um, she's definitely up there. Um, trying to think. I kind of put you on the spot a little yeah. bit. Yeah. You didn't, like, prepare a list. I did not prepare a list. Um, I, I know, like, G.N. Wright. Is that fair? Yes. If we're talking about the... I mean, yeah. Just just hit us with some of your favorites. So, G.N. Wright, um, Tate James. Oh, yes, of course. Um, Katie Robert. Yeah. Um, We're excited about trying to go see Katie Robert yes. in uh, in She's August. She's going to be in Kansas in August. Yeah. 
with all mine. Oh gosh, I I mean, you, but you have so many, you have so many different authors on that shelf. Um, uh, I, and I reached out to like a like a ton of them. Lilith Vincent. Yes, I was going to say Lilith Vincent. Uh, I'm now I'm drawing a blank on your shelves because I I I don't stare at the shelves nearly as much as you. We can circle back to yeah, it. Yeah, we'll at circle some back. Point. To that. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, before we kind of close out, I wanted to kind of start a little bit of a dialogue just so we can kind of get to know some of your philosophy of art. There was on social media recently a bit of a controversy where some authors uh, had been sharing some one star reviews, some negative reviews, and, and kind of taking ire with it. It's long been a kind of pot of contention, if you will. Is that even a phrase? A, a pot of contention? <laughs> you you got to call me out on this stuff. <laughs> I will, but I don't, I don't know about that one. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's it's, it's a, a pot of controversy. I don't know. Whatever metaphor I'm going for. Um, but it, it's kind of long been this uh, controversy, discussion, whatever, of of like what is the purpose of a review and if you review books on something like goodreads or amazon or whatever when you leave a review should you only be looking at what the book is trying to do or what the book is doing and not necessarily what you want a book to do should you be negative at all when you talk about books in a review, should you leave one star reviews? Should you only ever leave five star reviews? You know, as someone who reads books and responds to books, is your voice valid or is the book more valid than your opinion of it? Right. So this is kind of the the dialogue that's going on with a lot of people saying, hey, uh, you should only ever post <laughs> you know, positive reviews of books, or you should only look at what a book is doing really well, or those who are in another camp saying, my voice and my opinion about a piece of, of work is as valid as the piece of work itself. So when I have a reaction to a book, I should be honest with it and I should share those those thoughts. So I kind of want to pitch the question to you, like, what are some of your thoughts about this particular controversy and how do you feel about response to art? Um, well, someone who I don't review, I probably should, but I don't review every book that I read. Like, on, I do Goodreads, obviously, um, and I'll definitely give it the stars that it deserves, but I don't always physically type out, you know, what I thought of the book. Um, mm -hmm. I have given, I've actually typed out when I feel strongly enough about, you know, a book, whether good or bad, I will type out a review and my thoughts. I feel like you should be able to be honest about what you thought of a book, good or bad. Um, when you go looking for a review, like say I'm really excited about a new book coming out from my favorite author. Mm -hmm. um, let's say she's, you know, trying a different style and I go straight to the reviews you know, people that have gotten an ARC copy. I want them to be honest. It's just kind of like when you go to Amazon to buy something. Mm. You don't want a bullshit review. You don't want, you know, a hundred people to give you a bullshit review and you buy it. And you're like, what the hell? You know, you, know, you said this was a great, a great buy. And now this is a piece of shit. And I just wasted a hundred dollars. You know, it's, 
You don't want to waste your time on something if somebody didn't give a genuine review of what they thought. Like, I don't think it's fair to to rip somebody, you know, a new asshole over, you know, well, I think your work's a piece of shit, you're a shitty writer, blah, 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 blah. I don't think that's right, but I think if you want to genuinely critique their work, like, I've genuinely, I told an author before in my review, you know, I, I genuinely wanted to like this work because I thought the premise of your book really sounded good, you know, but I just felt like the the plot was just here, there, and everywhere. Your character couldn't make up her mind what she wanted to do. You know, one minute she was feeling this way, and the next she was feeling this. And I felt like I was valid in that in saying that. Mm. And I, I read other reviews, and I saw that other people felt that way. So I think we should all be able to express our opinions mm-hmm. in that way, good or bad. Yeah, I mean, you bring up a really good point, too. You know, when you are reviewing something and other people are are going through, sifting through these reviews for recommendations or, you know, to kind of figure out, is this going to work for me? Uh, a book is a, is a real investment, right? I yeah. mean, and when I say that, I don't mean that, you know, it's, it's something that is going to return monetary value or something. But it's time. It's time, though. Especially if it's like an 800-page book. Exactly. Right. Right. Exactly. So when you have a book, you know, and you're, you're sitting down, I think on average uh, a 300-page novel is anywhere between 8 and 11 hours of time that you're going to yeah. have to sink into it, you know, depending on how quickly you read. And so, you you know, some people are able to sit down and just they have that eight to 11 hours all at once and they just read it and they get it done and that's it. But there are a lot of other people, I think, out there who have full time jobs and they have kids and they have, uh, you know, extracurriculars or, or hobbies or whatever. You know, they don't always have all of the time in the world to just focus on reading a book. So that 8 to 11 hours... They want to know they're getting something good. Right, right, exactly. So when you sit down in the only hours you have to, to, you know, dedicate yourself to some diversion or another, you kind of want to make sure, like, I'm going to get enjoyment out of this at the end of that time. How many times do you catch yourself picking up a book and you get through it and you're like, that's eight hours I'm never going to get back? Oh, I mean, that happens with me constantly. Have you listened to any of my Star Wars updates? Because I can assure you. I mean, yes, we're married. I listen to you. You're like, I fucking hated that book. And I look at you and go, why did you read it then? When you knew it was shitty halfway through, why did you finish it? (laughs) You also know my brain does not work like that. You're allowed to DNF a book. I I almost (laughs) never DNF a book, though. You know that of me. Um, it, it, because I don't know, maybe it just, uh, it's, it's something tortured in my brain that I can't do it. Well, it's uh, like I have a, my smut Facebook group, like mm-hmm. every day I see somebody posting, Hey, I'm like a quarter or halfway through this book and I'm just not seeming to get into it. Can somebody please tell me that it's worth it? What are your thoughts on this? And they want a genuine, honest, mm. you know, somebody that's read it, they yeah. want their opinion. Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, that, that, that's part of the communal response, right? Yeah. Like when you're a member of this community, you kind of want to be able to uh, share with some authority. I feel like, too, you know, every reviewer's voice is different. And this is kind of where I come in. It's like I don't think that uh, 
a negative review or a positive review in isolation is going to sway me about a book one way or another, right? I think that when you mean I just one by itself, one re- bad review, or, exactly yeah. right in in isolation. It's like you know, if if somebody just tells me, "Hey, this is a great book," um, you know, I I don't know, is it a great book? I I also don't think that a negative review is is necessarily representative of a book because that's just one person's opinion. Exactly. But if you had a hundred people telling you the same thing, right? And then you know, all of a sudden, maybe through that aggregate, I can kind of get a sense for whether or not this is going to be worth my time. For the most part, I find that I do disagree a lot with one-star reviews. There are many five-star books for me that I've seen a one-star review, and I'm like, dear God, did anyone even fucking teach you how to read? Because I swear you missed the entire point of this experience. I also think, though— You're taking it at face value. Yeah, I also think that— you know, it's also not my duty to gatekeep, you know, what is good or what isn't good um, and to look at people and, and kind of like shout at them, you have bad taste, even though I will shout at them and tell them they have bad taste. You know, I think that um, for me, it, it it's more like the purpose of a review is to kind of express a little bit like that, the feeling that you have of a book. You know, if you connect with these issues or the, you know, these ideas, I think that you should be allowed to have that space to to respond, you know, as a member of this community that's read that book. Mm-hmm. And I think that a lot of reviews are particular to whatever the reviewer is attempting to do with that review. I write a lot of my reviews, um, not necessarily because I'm trying to recommend the book to anyone, but I write a lot of my reviews as kind of a a means of processing how I feel about a book, mm-hmm. you know. So it's not that I'm trying to get someone else in to come and read the book. I'm not necessarily inviting um, somebody to come in and dialogue with me about my feelings about a book, um, but it serves as kind of a record for my future self. Of, you know, what did I feel about this particular thing? And if there is someone out there who reads one of my reviews and thinks like, wow, all right, I think he gets it, you know, or whatever. That's great. But I don't necessarily write my reviews for anyone else. And I think this is kind of the problem with reviews and reading reviews in the first place. Unless you really know the person who is leaving a review, you know, how do you know that you can trust their voice or their judgment? I know, for example, if Jeremy tells me, hey, this book is really, really good. All right. I probably am going to agree because our tastes are like 70 percent similar. You know, I I certainly love some stuff way more than he loves. And I know that he loves some stuff way more than I love. But at at the same time, like there's enough of that overlap that if he tells me something is really great, I can trust that's got to be great. Whereas if I looked at the reviews of someone else on the Internet that I don't know and have a good personal relationship and, and have, you know, know their taste in things, um, I, you know, how do I know if their voice is any good? This happened to me on Goodreads. I had a friend who recommended a book uh, as a five-star read for her. Uh, it was We Hunt the Flame. Mm-hmm. And you remember? Oh, you hated that I book. I hated that book. I couldn't stand that book. And uh, it, you know, that's kind of the problem. It's like 
you know, I'm not a, necessarily aware of what this person normally reads. I'm not a, aware of her taste in literature. And so the things that worked for her in this book didn't work for me at all because I don't speak the same literary language as she does. Mm-hmm. Right. I don't know. I think reviews for me, I am kind of leaving it there to, to pull somebody in. To get them to read it. Which is totally valid. You know, I, th- I think that, um, again, like you're going to write reviews with your own kind of thing. I, th- I feel like reviews at their core are very subjective forms of reacting to a, a piece of art. And I think that one of the problems of anyone who, who uh, you know, approaches reviews and says a review has to be this one thing or another, you know, I I think they're kind of missing the whole point. Like, you can never have an objective review of a piece of language or or literature. We can use the same language, Mm -hmm. right, to to measure our reactions. But to say that there is any one particular objective way of reviewing something, I think is is completely ridiculous because all of our opinions, and again, this is my philosophy, but... I think that all of our opinions are formed through the, you know, kind of evolution of our experiences, you know, who we are as individual people, um, you know, just kind of grows, matures, accumulates over time. And I feel that that's also our sense of literature, you know, what we read, what we encounter, you know, all of that kind of contributes to our personal ideal of what a book can or should or will do for us. And so to act as though there's any one particular objective way of talking about literature, I, you know, I think that's a that can never happen. There's no way that that can happen. And that stifles any of the nuance, any of the interest pieces of a review, because, you know, I I think when I read a review, I'm, I'm reading um, from the, the voice of the reviewer. You know, and what's mm-hmm. important to them, um, and and how they reacted. But uh, you know that I mean that's just me. I I, I think that uh, you have kind of a, a similar but but uh, different stance, if if you will. Well, um, I feel like that's a pretty good uh, opening discussion. This is certainly something I'm sure we'll come back to because yeah. as we read and review books together, um, I know that you have a lot of ideas about. Um, the sort of literature that that we want to look at together. And I'm sure our reactions are going to be very different from one another. Um, So just leaning forward into this 2023 uh, relationship, what are some of the the texts, you know, some of the books that you're most excited to talk about on the show? I'm super excited for our next episode. Tenders the Flesh. Tenders the Flesh, yeah. Yeah, this is a book that uh, we both had very strong reactions to. Yeah. So I'm, I'm very excited, too. Uh, what else is on the horizon for you? Uh, Rachel Harrison, her books, The Return, uh, Such Sharp Teeth. Yeah, I'm pretty excited about Rachel Harrison's stuff, too. Um, we, you know, kind of found her work uh Kind of <laughs> at the same time, but but separately, which is weird. Uh, not often do we go to the bookstore and come home with <laughs> kind of like the same book or the same authors. Uh, but that totally happened with us, with Rachel Harrison. Um, you, you found The Return. I found Cackle. And then it was like, oh, well, 
Oh, and Cackle, too. I need to read that as well. Yeah, this is it's really exciting. So, um, yeah, excited to, to read her work, to talk about it. And uh, I don't know, maybe uh, what do you think? Maybe talk to her on the show? I would love to do that. Yeah. Um, any other kind of titles that uh, you're, you're thinking about that, you know, maybe on the horizon? I can see that pile of books that I had the other night sitting beside my bed, but the names are not coming to me. Can you yeah. think of any? Uh, Rainbow Rowell. Yeah, Rainbow uh, Rowell. Um, Neil Gaiman. Neil Gaiman. Yeah, Gaiman. Um, Riley Sager. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, th- I think we've got some good stuff coming. Yeah, I hope I can bring a variety of different different books from what you guys had previously had. Not that I want to stray, because you guys... Uh, married people... Uh, last December was 11 years. 11. So 11, we've had 11 years. I think you know my taste by now, and I know your taste by now. Um, but I'm really excited to uh, kind of, you know, mix a little bit of your peanut butter with my chocolate and uh, and kind of embark on this new conversation um, as we evolve into some other spaces other than just horror. You know, you want to bring in... Um, some some other voices, and I'm really excited for that. So, well, um, this is Slay House presents again. Thank you for joining me, Caitlin. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's so cool to have you on the show. I really look forward to our future episodes, and we hope that you will also turn in to listen to some of our conversations as we go forward. Thanks. Mm-hmm.